Our second scripture reading today continues with the story of Genesis and the creation account that we find there in Genesis chapter 1, verses 9 to 13. Listen for God's word to you. And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to leave you hanging for the rest of the story. It is so good and great to be back together with you uh, today. As Erica told you, Pastor Erica, last week, um, I wasn't planning to preach this Sunday, but um, COVID intervened and we had to switch some things up. But we are moving forward despite COVID's interventions. Amen? Amen. Let's keep it going. Um, I want to say hi to everyone who's watching today online on Facebook Live and YouTube. We're glad you're here with us. And to those listening on our, uh, to this sermon as a podcast later, that's actually how I listen to all the, sum, the summer sermons uh, this, uh, this summer uh, from PCLG with all of our excellent guest preachers here in the pulpit. Um, and of course, to all of you who had nowhere better to be on a Labor Day Sunday, welcome. It's great to see you in person. Uh, it's a real blessing to be back with you today. I haven't preached a sermon in like nine weeks, so it's very unusual in, in my life, unprecedented, and yet today I'm back, and it's, it's great to be with you today. Um, I have been away, as you know, for these last two months on my long-delayed sabbatical, and I wanted to say, uh, as I begin, as I come back, uh, just thank you. Thank you to you all in this church for supporting me and my family, for loving us and blessing us as we were away. I want to say um, thank you to Erica, Pastor Erica, my colleague, uh, who took the reins uh, and who led you all through this time. Well, I'm going to say more about that next week on um, kickoff Sunday uh, as we have more folks back with us, but just for today, thanks. And since you are here with me on this holiday weekend, I thought I'd give you a treat. How about some highlights and maybe bloopers from my trip? Would you like to see some of those? Hear a couple of those? Okay. Those who are not here, they'll, they'll miss it. Uh, that's what they get. Um, I spent seven weeks outside of the country. Seven weeks outside of the country. I was in Mexico, Brazil, Argentina, and Paraguay briefly, Panama. Uh, Lisa, my wife, at one point said I was just trying to add more countries to my list. And maybe she was right. Um, a lot of that time was with family. Um, some of it was uh, a chance to meet up with friends and to do some, um, some things that are outside of the ordinary. So here's a few highlights for you. Uh, we flew to Mexico City, and um, we, we met up with Lisa's family and went to the Teotihuacan pyramids there. Um, let me see, I think we have, oh yeah, there's Theo showing you how they do it. Um, we had a great time in Mexico City, and then we took a bus three hours northwest from there to Guanajuato. But first, we went to Chapultepec Park, oh yeah, which is a big park in Mexico City, um, where we ran into Jared uh, Williams, who's actually from this church, and some of you know him. He happened to be there, so we hung out. Um, then we went to Guanajuato, which is a colonial um, city in central Mexico. We went to language school with our kids, and uh, we'll just keep going through each one of these. There you go. Um, they had a great time over there. That's their cousin Isaiah. We flew down to Oaxaca, which is in southern Mexico, where we uh, saw parades in the streets, and we ate uh, late-night street food from carts, and we watched uh, Theo play chess out on the plaza. 
Um, we were just doing a, a cultural language immersion, just enjoying uh, what we found there. We got to go zip lining in the jungle and swimming in underground cenotes um, on, the peninsula, on the Yucatan Peninsula. Um, we had a great time. My family flew home from Mexico uh, here uh, at the end of July, and I went down to Brazil, and I met up with some friends that I have there, including this guy, who's Joao, Joao Carlos. Um, I worked on and improved my Portuguese in a language school that was there. Um, that was all part of, kind of part of my plan. Um, I'm not sure what was on that thing. Okay. Um, one day I climbed here to Christ the Redeemer statue, uh, which was a really hard hike, but it was a really cool thing to see. Um, I went hiking outside to some secluded waterfalls that were there. Um, with some friends. I went further down south to the largest waterfalls in the world at Iguazu. That was an amazing experience. You'll hear about it some more from me. Um, I was with a friend of mine, and so because it was close, we, um, we went across the border. We spent a day in Argentina, and we spent a day in Paraguay. These three countries meet right there, Brazil, Paraguay, and Argentina, so it's easy to do. Um, in the end, I flew um, back, from, uh, back up to Panama and saw that canal. Raise your hand. How many of you have been to the Panama Canal? Wow that's, a, wow, that's a lot of people. It's an amazing engineering feat. Um, everyone's heard of it, and I had never been there, so it was really great to check out. So those were just a few kind of a puck, 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 puck of uh, experiences and pictures um, that were really just a rich time for me while I was away, different from my regular, ordinary life, different from yours as well. A chance to, for me to connect with my family, a chance to um, have adventures and do some really fun things. Along the way, the question, a question that was kind of popping up or, or continuing with me as I went through all this was, what is the fruit of my sabbatical? What is the fruit of this time? What are the outcomes, the things that will show up that will be made clear for me or for my family through all that I'm experiencing? People asked me if I was writing a book. People asked if I was working on a bunch of sermons, really getting ahead. People asked me if I was working on my Spanish and Portuguese so I could become a missionary to those countries. The answer to all of this was no. <laughs> the fruit or the outcome of this time, in the end, isn't what I would produce, but what was being produced in me. The fruit, the outcome, was not what I was going to produce. It was what God was trying to produce in me what was planted deep inside of me, what was growing up with me, sticking with me, coming forth over time. So the idea that I want to give you today and the image I kind of want to work with, you got to work with me on this one, uh, to, to draw out, comes from our scripture from Genesis chapter 1, where in this Bible reading we have two different creation accounts, chapter 1 and chapter 2, and they show God's creative work there at the beginning when God sets our world uh, and its systems and its natural order in place. And um, the idea here is that there's fruit, something that is visible, edible, an outcome of something. And then inside the fruit, there's seed. And the seed is inside the fruit of experience. And the seed is what, can, what, is what enables something to go on and on and produce more fruit later on. In Genesis, that first book of the Bible we, we read about, it, this is what it says. It's on the third day of creation. God creates vegetation, plants yielding seed. Fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so, and then the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. In this very short passage, you can see the repetition of this word and the way that every time fruit or vegetation is mentioned, it's specifically said 
there is seed inside of it. There's seed inside of it. Why? Why does that keep showing up? In our lives, we have fruit. We have signs of growth. That's on the outside. But there's also something that goes on on the inside of us that can happen in our hearts, in our minds, on the, in the secret places of our lives, in our life with God, in our sense of self. That's the seed. You know, I know that this summer for our church, there was a lot of fruit um, here while I was away. You saw Pastor Erica step into leadership and to um, lead and guide our congregation through many things that happened while I was gone. You saw our church um, alive with uh, the summer activities we have, those barbecues, mission experiences, outdoor worship. Um, the work of our nominating committee, which is bearing fruit as we receive nominations for elders and deacons, new leaders in the life of our church. Every, every church rises and falls on its leaders. And we're blessed with a bounty of excellent leaders God is calling and sending to us. There's a lot of fruit on the vine from this summer season. Some of the fruit of my time away is feeling rested, feeling connected with my family, having had some new adventures and some fun, and coming back to church really glad to be here with you. I will tell you the truth. The last couple of weeks that I've been away, I've been home, but not at church. And I wished I could be here. I was ready to be here. I was desiring to be with you. So let me give you this teaching for the day. This is the kind of the core idea. The fruit of experience, the outcomes of what we do in our lives, is very important. You've got to have fruit. You've got to you know, be a productive member of society. Okay, but that's not all there is. Because inside of the fruit of every experience, there's a possibility of new life, something that will continue on or be renewed or remade past that moment. That's the seed. We are resurrection people, so we know something about that as a church. Where something dies and is planted and rises. In Genesis, we are told that God loves the world and wants to see it thriving so much that when God creates the world and God sets the fruit on the vine, it is, it is included that there's seed inside of it. Built into the order of creation is a way for creation to be renewed. So God isn't going around every day like making cherries and making carrots. The, the earth renews itself. It's set that way from the beginning. The seed inside ensures that more can happen than we can see right now. The seed inside ensures more can happen than what we can see in this one moment. Jesus once said, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The fruit of the future comes from the secret work that goes on inside of us. So I hope that my sabbatical time away, two months is the long time, produces some great fruit. It produced memories for me with my family, um, it improve, of improving my Spanish and Portuguese, of a schedule that was so wide open as to cause new thoughts to arise. My cup was filled to overflowing. But the seed of those experiences is what I hope will endure and continue on and be a blessing, not just to me or my family, but even to you and to our church and to the world. So some of the seed of what I was, of that time away, was asking fundamental questions, kind of returning to fundamental things for myself. Uh, who am I? Who am I meant to be as a pastor, as a person? 
as a father and a husband and a friend? What's unique about me? What am I made to do and how to do it? What's the thing that I'm called to be about in my life? How can I offer these good gifts to others to be in service to the world around me? Those are questions you can ask, and you probably do from time to time, but a time away offers a special chance to do that. The seed has been planted, the seed that grows in secret, the seed that can show up again down the line as the vegetation grows. So this is true, this idea, this core principle is true, whether the, um, the fruit is delicious and nutritious, delightful and great, or even, don't forget this, if some of our experiences are kind of rotten. You ever had rotten fruit in your life? I mean, it's kind of like the old saying, what's worse than finding a worm in your apple? Finding half a worm. That's right. <laughs> if you take a bite and you find half a worm, <laughs> you know what happened. Even in experiences that don't seem like such great fruit, you know, everything isn't a great trip. There's a loss of a job, the breakup of a relationship, an event that didn't go as planned, an issue at work you just can't resolve. I'm talking about some of those harder experiences of life. Maybe you're like me when things go wrong, and you kind of say, why me, Lord? Or, why did I get this rotten fruit? Or, what's the seed inside of this fruit that you're planting in me? I don't want to eat this rotten plum. I would rather it go somewhere else, but there's a seed inside of it that could be for us. You know, during my two months away, we had so many highlights, things that I've already talked about, but you won't be surprised there were some lowlights, too. There were some blooper reels, things that didn't go well that were tough or disappointing or that we had to figure out on the fly. Like one time we were on a flight from um, Oaxaca to Mexico City, and then we had to keep going from there, and um, Lisa left her iPhone in the seat back pocket. Whoops. Early on in this trip, her iPhone was just right there. We got off the plane, and then she said, oh, where's my phone? We tried to get back in. They wouldn't let us. The plane took off. Fortunately, she had that find my phone function, you know, so she got on her computer and she looked it up and she found it and there it was in Guatemala City <laughs> And so we contacted the airline. We said we know where the phone is. It's in Guatemala And they said are you on the plane? No, what's the plane number? We don't know. It's right there We sent them a screenshot find our phone One time a lady in Guatemala called me on Lisa's phone and said I found your phone I said oh, can you send it to me click? What rotten luck. What a stinky situation. What bad fruit. Lord, what do you want me to see or learn? What is the seed inside of this bad fruit? What's the seed in this experience? Another time, we were on another flight this summer, and we had our carry-on baggage. We were getting on board with it in hand because we were traveling light because we were savvy travelers. As we were getting on, the uh, boarding agent said, well, sorry, there's no space in the up, uh, overhead bins. You're gonna have to check your luggage through. We said, we don't wanna check our luggage through. We're carrying it on for a reason. And they said, no, you have to do it. You must. So they insisted, they took all of our baggage, checked it through to our next location. When we arrived, our bags were there. That was great. But Abby's smartwatch was no longer in her bag. Lisa's phone charger was no longer there and all of my extra U.S. cash was no longer in the bag. Where is the seed in this experience? Of course, after the fact, we can laugh about it, and it's, it's not the end of the world, not these kinds of things. But 
I know that for some of you, you have faced things that are much more serious than that, and you are right now. You might be listening today and thinking about the, the bad fruit of your experience, something that you got that was, that's kind of rotten in life, that you've gone through or you're dealing with right now, and it can seem overwhelming, and it can be very hard. So I'm not trying to um, put a silver lining onto that aspect of your life. But what I want to suggest for us is whether we are having great experiences that lead to deeper formation and living and life, or whether we're having a hard time and we're seeking a reason to hope, I want to suggest that inside of these experiences there is a seed. The seed inside the fruit is something that is not easily seen or discerned. It's often hard to find. Sometimes we just throw it out with the trash. We put the pit out in the back garden. We forget about it. We miss it. But the seed is the thing at the core or the inside of our life that can grow by God's own power. So my desire is to find it. I want to find that seed. My desire is for you to find it in your life as well. There's a great line which says this, we do not learn from our experiences in life we learn from reflecting on our experiences in life. So for today, for today, a couple of questions of reflection for you. First, what is the good seed of good experiences of your summer season just past? The good fruit, let's say, of your summer season. What was the good fruit? What happened this summer that you say, that was great? What's the seed inside that fruit? What's the core thing, the idea that has to bubble up? It's not fully here yet, it has to grow based on that fruit? What did God want to give you or teach you and what happened? How might that show up in your future? And then alongside that question, what's the good fruit and what's the seed? What's the rotten fruit in your life? What's the rotten fruit in your life, the hard time, the thing you're dealing with? And you can name that just to yourself. You can name that to God in prayer. You can name that to a trusted friend. But as you name that hard thing, know this, there's a seed inside that fruit too. Which is not to say that's going to make it all go away or be fine and dandy, because tough stuff isn't like that. But the seed inside of rotten fruit, don't miss this, the seed inside of rotten fruit is resurrection life, because something dies to be raised through a loss through a challenge, through disappointment, through the thing that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. Here's the question. How is God with you? What is God giving you? How do you experience God's presence in a time like that? I want to end today, and I will end this, this today, um, with a quote from the great Presbyterian author and minister that many of you have heard about recently because he just passed away, Frederick Buechner. This is what he says. He says, listen to your life, see it for the fathomless mystery it is, in the boredom and pain of it, no less than in the excitement and gladness. Touch, taste, smell your way to the holy and hidden heart of it, because in the last analysis, all moments are key moments, and life itself is grace. So as we move towards the communion table today, I invite you to come with that same, experience, that same spirit of listening to your life, of seeking to find the fruit of your life and the seed that is in it, both good and bad, 
to ask God, what is that seed all about? How will it grow? Where does it lead? And know this. You are loved beyond all measure by the God who calls you by name. May it be so for you today. Amen. Amen.